You may have heard 1819 News now has a sports page. We bring in our, our new sports editor, Steve Irvine, to talk sports uh, and tell us his story about his life uh, growing up in Alabama uh, and really his journey of how he got to be here with us at 1819 News. You don't want to miss out. You're being lied to more than any generation in the history of the world. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. We want to have good journalism that lasts Welcome, everyone, to 1819 News, the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. we got a great episode, as always, for you. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of the podcast, joined by my spectacular, every week, <laughs> okay. it's a new, new adjective, new adjective right. <laughs> right? Spectacular host, Ray Mellick, uh, who's the editor-in-chief here at 1819 News, uh, and more importantly, my, my co-host. I think that's his most important role here. Uh, sounds good. Yeah. yeah maybe, maybe Whatever not. the paycheck says, yeah. I take, and we keep going. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, um, as uh, our viewers can see, we've got a, a guest in the studio, but uh, those listening on audio format uh, let you know we have uh, Steve Irvine, sports journalist Steve Irvine, who is now the sports editor for 1819 News. Yeah. This is a big announcement. Uh, by the time you guys will be seeing this podcast, it'll be a little bit spaced out from when we welcomed him on. Uh, but we're incredibly excited, uh, Steve, to have you on board. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast, and thanks so much for joining us on 1819 News. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'm pumped to be here. This yeah. is uh, this is exciting times for me, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you can't tell the story of Alabama without talking about sports. <coughs> and my big thing is storytelling. I want to tell the story of Alabama. I want to celebrate the things that are good, true, and beautiful about the state of Alabama um, there is so much uh, good, and, and and sometimes, you know, seems like sports is the only thing that we're good at, but that's <laughs> not true. And so we don't want to not tell the story of sports in our effort to go tell all these other things that are good as well. So <clears throat> we knew that if we were going to do this right and really be beyond just a political publication, a lot of people thought that that's what we were jumping into this thing to be was just another, you know, political reporter, political whatever. And that's, that's never been the vision. From the very start, we wanted to be um, – a real publication that covered everything that mattered to Alabamians. And if you're not covering sports, you're not, you're not doing that. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we're excited uh, about this. Got outside of the political season, going to be going into football season, got world games, USFL just finished up. So there's a lot going on uh, before, before we jump into that, we're going to tell everybody where you can find us. 1819 news, the podcast, Spotify, Apple podcasts, YouTube, go there, subscribe, click the bell. That way you're getting notifications whenever we publish content, um, leave a five-star review, tell everyone how much you love the podcast because we know you do. Uh, go to 1819 News, most importantly, though, and subscribe to the newsletter. And I know I tell you guys this every single week, and it may seem routine, and it's getting pretty routine for me. I'm probably in my sleep over there with my CPAP mask on saying this, and my wife is like, well, I already subscribed, honey. Like, well, like, I don't understand. But um, if you've already obeyed those instructions that I repeat ad nauseum, um, tell others to do that because that, that's really is, you know, everybody asks us, we love what you're doing. How can we help? Well, if you've already subscribed, tell others about us, tell everybody, um, how they can subscribe and make sure that they're getting it really cool stuff happening. I know it's happening to Ray a lot everywhere I go. I'm being bombarded by people who love 1819 news, who love Steve. I was at a, a Hoover event and I'm thinking like, why am I at this event? You know? And then man, people just start coming up to me. Are you the 1819 news guy? Like, is it my beard? This is a branding tool, isn't it? <laughs> and so they recognize me. They talk about Ray. And most recently, uh, last week, this was last Thursday, I was at an event in Hoover, and people came up to me like, did you guys just hire Steve Irvine? Oh, like, yeah, we did. And they're like, oh, we're so excited about that. So um, 
big things happening. Um, and, and it's just really cool to, you know, we started publishing seven months ago, eight months ago, something yeah. like that. And to have this kind of notoriety and it's not just, it's, you know, I live in the Montgomery market the same thing's happening to me when I'm down in Montgomery and Wetumpka and everything else. Uh, news is getting out about the new news source on a new, new news, 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 yeah. news there. But, um, awesome. Well, uh, with all of that, um, we'll jump into this episode we've got for you. So, Steve, what we love to do uh, when we bring people in studios, we want to hear, as I told you, we talk about the story of Alabama, but we also want to hear people's stories. And so you are the new sports editor, 1819 News. We're going to be launching sports department with our Alabama journalism, sports journalism legend, Ray. <laughs> yeah. uh, the two of you guys are going to put together one heck yeah. of a product. I know it. Tell, tell me, where are you from? Where you grew up? Your parents? Just your story. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Huntsville, went to Grissom High School, uh, and uh Couple of years, you know, I, I flunked out of a couple of schools, here, you know, a couple of colleges after high school. I kind of had a little, little too much fun and didn't actually flunk out, but I was on my way. Hmm. Uh, and my dad was living out in California, and he said, "Why don't you come out here and get in school?" You know, he said, "Hey, I'll pay your way through school out here, but I'm not paying your way through school there because you're going to waste some money." So I said, "Yeah, you know." So I loaded up the car, literally pulled up. Uh, I was living with a couple of guys, pulled out a little four door Honda Accord, opened up all four doors and the and the trunk. And I told, I, I told my, my buddies, I said, we're going to stuff everything we can in here. If it doesn't fit in here, I'm not taking it. You know? And yeah. so we literally, I think, you know, had fun just loading the card. And I went to, to, to California, and, and um, it was interesting. <laughs> you know, my life changed a little bit and got in school out there, went to Cal State Fullerton, uh, was uh, you know, always with the dream of being a sports journalist, uh, was actually a, a, a sports information director at a junior college for a year or two out there and um, just ended up getting a full-time job in a newspaper at Long Beach Press-Telegram out there. Um, and and my, my journey through college is a little different than most. I, uh, I, had, I literally had one semester left in college at Cal State Fullerton, and I got a full-time job doing sports, you know, covering sports. And um, – was couldn't couldn't finish my last semester, you know, and I still had I think five class, four or five classes, and I went to my advisor and I said, "What am I supposed to do? You know, I got this full time job. What I'm trying to do?" And he said, "What did you want to get out of your degree?" And I said, "I want to be, a, you know, I want to work in a newspaper." And he said, "Well, then quit school." Yeah. <laughs> well, first he closed the door. He closed the door and he said, "They quit school." And I said, uh, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah, you can go back and you can finish uh, at some point." Yeah. And and so then I so I got in a, a Long Beach Press Telegram and and worked for I think fourteen years there covered a variety of things was a high school guy for a long time loved that uh, covered some USC some UCLA you know as, as beat stuff uh, a lot of local things and um, it got to a point where my wife and I my wife's from Huntsville also and we didn't meet till later but uh, you know we decided we want to come back this way and uh, you know get our parents were getting older. And so we uh, moved back and um, got a job, you know, found a job at the Birmingham News uh, covering Alabama when I first came back. And um, and for about, I think, four years, I think four years I covered Alabama. Uh, and then uh, asked, we were, we were building, we built our family through foster care and adoption. And so we were starting to build our family and, and you know, have, having to go back and forth to Tuscaloosa all the time. Ray knows this real well. Uh, it just was wearing on me, so I, I, I requested. We had a change. A UAB beat writer was was leaving, and so I just said, hey, can I take over the UAB beat? This is 2005, and um, took over that beat. Uh, that way I'm closer to home and, um, and, and covered that all the way through till 
My last day, uh, well, our last uh, in, in 2012 was when, when I got laid off, when they changed AL.com and went to three days a week and basically, you know, ended the Birmingham News the way that Birmingham News really was. Uh, uh, and at that point, I decided, you know what, I, I love journalism, I love it, but I'd had a long career. And I thought, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want to uh, chase it all around the country. I had some offers out west and some other stuff that I didn't really like. And so my wife said, you know, just reinvent yourself, you know. So for till this opportunity came up, I've been doing a lot of freelance stuff, but I've also been, you know, I worked as a substitute teacher. I worked in um, three years as a PEA in elementary school, loved every day of that. That was tremendous. You know, worked at Publix, worked at, just did different things. You worked know, just, at Publix? Yeah, I worked so at Publix. So you're going to be our Kurt Warner. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly. Yeah, that's yes. exactly what I am. Yeah, I'm coming from Publix you know, right now. So it just I sort of reinvented myself. And the day that uh, the day that I walked out and, and got out of journalism, my wife came to me and said, "This is where the degree, where the college part comes back." Uh, she said, "You're going to go finish your degree." And uh, I said, "I don't know. You know what? Do I really need to?" And she's like, "Yes, you're going to go finish your degree." So I went to UAB uh, at fifty two years old or whatever it was in my fifties. Uh, the first class they put me in was, well, I, you know, I only had to do a few things, but I, I got a minor in creative writing too. So, so it took me a little longer, but uh, the, there was a speech class that you have to take at UAB to get a communication degree. You, you have to take it. every, stu every student there. So it was me and probably 75, 18 year olds in this class. And it was just like, I'm this old guy. And I remember the first day, the guy looked, kid was sitting next to him, and he's like, how old are you? And I said, I'm 52 or whatever it was. He went, dang, really? And I said, shut up. Just, just do your thing, you know. So, uh, But that was a great experience. I went, I finished my degree there, so I, I got my degree from UAB. But it was great. It really, it, it really was, was neat to be in that environment and see these kids you know, how hard they were working and what they're soaking up. And there was one class I took where the guy um, wasn't the greatest professor in the world, but he, you know, we're telling our story beforehand. And he said to me, he said, well, can you help me teach this class? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll help. I'll do whatever I can. So I ended up like being almost a guest speaker every day, talking about it was a journalism class, talking, just talking about my career and, you know, what things like that. So it was a neat experience. It, yeah. it really was. I think that says something you know, um, you hear Elon Musk talk a lot about, and it's starting to become more commonplace about, you know, the need for, you know, universities, the need for colleges. And, right. you know, um, sometimes it's best just to give somebody some, some OTJ, some on the job training. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and then they take off. And so you had a little bit, you know, in the beginning you went and did some school, but then got a job doing the real thing. Right. It's like, well, you're and that learn. actually was fairly common, particularly our age group of sports writers. Right. Yeah. They would hire you and then that, they didn't we don't care if you got a degree or not. Right. Cause yeah. that degree, I hate to say this, but a journalism degree doesn't really help you at a newspaper. You learn how to be a reporter at, at the, the newspaper. newspaper. I'm yeah. not saying don't get a degree, and particularly now with the change. But so it really wasn't unusual in Steve's case, and I've, I know a dozen other sports writers. Very similar story. Yeah, uh, and that's even a little bit of our model here. You know, so we got Will Blakely, who came from Auburn with a PR degree, did a little bit of journalism with Phil Rawls. and he is the most learned of our young journalists. And Craig yeah. was laying cable. Right, yeah. and he's a very bright guy. Likes to write, yeah. and so yeah. you kind of see a little bit of all of it. Right. Um, right. So, well, that's really cool. Yeah. So, um, where do you think we should go from here? Well, I, I want to back up because this is something we've talked a lot about. Family. Mm -hmm. uh, right. You don't really know. You know, Brian's got. 
six kids, that one on the way. That's yeah, seven. Seven. Uh, we, I've, I, but you, I think a really kind of a cool story in the way you built your family, as you sort of said, through foster care and adoption. Talk, right. talk a minute about getting started in that. What what convinced you and your wife this is a way to go, and how many kids you've you've passed through your house yeah, and all that. We've had yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah, with with us, you know, obviously it started with fertility issues, you know, and we and and you know, God chose us a different path for us and you know when we were going through the fertility obviously we're you know questioning like why why in the world are you doing this you know i mean we have relatives that are 17 years old having kids and you know why are we not and it was just it was just our you know there's a path he chose for us and we decided uh, we looked into different adoption you know things and and we just decided that that for us foster care was the best was the best um thing for us you know and, and it was it's not the easiest way now it's mm-hmm. it's not easy there's there's you know you go through your first uh, classes of it and they tell you you know everything's oh we're all in this together and everything's you know wine and roses and and it's not you know, i mean it's not but but parenthood it you know and i mean it's so it's really not that much different in that case but so we went through and we started um in 2002 i think it was and then our son came to so we had probably uh uh, probably five kids living, and we were fortunate. We were a little different than a lot of families. We were fortunate the kids we had stayed with us for a while. You know, like a lot of kid, a lot of families, uh, foster families might have a kid. You know, kids stay with them for a month or two. Mm-hmm. You know, I think all of our kids stayed with us at least uh, a year. You know, at least a year, year and a half, and most of them longer. And you know, we had um, we had several. At, at, at times, we've had the most we had in our house was seven. Uh, so <laughs> I feel you. Uh, most we had were seven. We had at one point we had uh, seven kids all under the age of uh, six, all under the age of seven, maybe. Um, no, all under the age of six. And and I was covering UAB at the time, traveling a lot, and my you know poor wife had to be there, and uh, and, and being you know handled on the weekends with these these kids. I you know I'd call from you know one of the one of my biggest mistakes I ever made was. <laughs> Calling her, I had had a bad trip. You know how this works. You know the, the 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 plane was late. You know the hotel wasn't as nice as I thought. You know I had to wait on my rental car. Had to sit next to some somebody that stunk or whatever. You know whatever. And um, I got home and my wife said, "How was your trip?" And she had, a, you know, she had kids running all over the house. And I started complaining. And she just looked at me and she said, "They're yours now." I'm leaving the house. I'll be gone. I'll be back in a while. You know? And I thought I, I never made that mistake again. Every every other time I came back, oh, oh honey, it was great. Trip was great. You know, because because she had the tough thing. So we but we met our son. Um, our son came to us in in 2004, uh, and he was uh, he's 18 now. Um, and he uh, I, I never I went to cover our life too. Um, I went. The, we picked him up the day the day we picked him up. Um, we brought him to the house. I uh, spent an hour with him, and then I got in the car and drove to Auburn for the NCAA <laughs> uh, gymnastics championships, and and just miserable the whole weekend. Um, but he came to us, and then um, uh, my daughter uh, is 15 now, and and they're actually biological uh, biological um, uh, siblings. siblings. And when they came, uh, when she was born, they called us and said, "Hey, um, you know, Zach's sister was." Our sibling was born. Are you interested? Um, like absolutely, we are. So uh, at that time, we had five in the house, six maybe five, I think. And so she made six at that point. 
and then we have two now that one of one is our eight year old. She's eight. Uh, we've adopted her, and then her her birth sibling is um, six, and we're in the process of, of making that happen. So we've probably had um, uh, probably close to around probably 15 kids total mm-hmm. that come through our house, which is not a huge number for foster care. But again, we had kids that stayed, you know, stayed for a while. And, um, and it's, you know, it, it kind of, it's funny when people say, Oh, you, you know, what you did for those kids is amazing. Hey, they did more for us than we did for them, man. I mean, you know, I mean that it, it's, it's changed. It's, it's just, it grows you so much to go through this process. And, and it's not for everybody. That's the thing. I mean, I have people come to me and say, you know, Hey, we're thinking about doing this, but I don't know. I think I would, uh, I think I'd get too attached to the kids. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, of course you're going to get attached to the kids. I mean, the, yeah. the the moment they walk through your door, just like just like when your kid's born, the moment they walk through your door, the moment, and probably before they get in your door, you're in love with them. You know, they're your kids. You know, yeah. and and whether whether you keep whether your kids for a, a, a week, two years. Lifetime, it doesn't matter. They're your kids at that point, and you fall in love with them. So I don't understand this whole concept of, well, I just couldn't do it because it would just, you know, it just tear me up. Sure, it tears you up, but you, you know, I, I said early on, uh, my wife and I were talking. I think my wife might have said it, but she said, when we go through this, if if God puts them in our house for one day, we're going to give them the best the best day we can. If she puts them, if he puts them in our house for for a year, that's the best year we can. You know, so we can't worry about when they're going to leave. You know, we can't worry about that. We got to worry about when they're here and giving them the best life. And that's kind of the approach we've taken. And it's been, it's it's been an amazing journey. It really has. Yeah, yeah, and it's cool. I can remember, of course, Steve and I worked together, uh, uh, competed when I was at the Birmingham Post Herald and later Birmingham News. But I can remember sitting in a press box before a game, I think, one time, and Steve calls home. And I can hear Carol on the other side, and I'm thinking, Steve, we we got to cover a game here, but there's some issue with kids or what, you know. And I'm going, yeah. Jim and me, but yeah, but I, and I've always respected that, and you've done a great job with that. But that's just a cool sideline of somebody, a different way of taking kids in. And I love the line, hey, if it's only one day, we're going to give you the best day we can. If right. it's 18 years, it'll be the best, you know. And that's right. that's what we as parents do for all kids anyway. So uh, yeah. that's cool. Not to slide too political, but here we are uh, with Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned. I think we're going to be, you know, flooded with foster care adoption, all these other things, and, and the legislation. I'd really like to see them work on the next session is not how many more exceptions they can add to the yep. abortion, but rather how can we fix the abort or the uh, <clears throat> adoption, adoption process, right. Right. make that easier. Right. Like, why is that not the focus, right? And so my hope is that it, that it does become that, and different ministries and everything else, and and Christians, because there are so many people out there who want to adopt, but it's become so difficult, right. arduous, yeah, that they just or it's so expensive, 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 that a lot, you just yeah. can't do it, and that's yeah. that's just not the way it should be. Right. And uh, again, I've deal with that, and my wife and I actually went through foster training to be. Uh, uh, Almost like grandparents. There's a respite, respite here. Yeah, respite's and, a tough life now. Yeah, it's and and to life. have you know be able to let parents go somewhere and we take the kids and then because of other issues in our home and my wife's health that we 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 weren't allowed to do that. But going through the training with these young people, yeah, you really admire those folks that are saying because sometimes it's a parent gets arrested, the kids being taken only while this is being the mom being adjudicated, 
you may only have that kid overnight or for a week or or until that situation's resolved or enough of the family members found. So right. uh, it's a tough it's a tough situation, and I appreciate the people who are willing to do it. And, and that's the one thing I love about foster care, though, is is they do give the parents a chance to to, to get things right, whatever yeah. whatever was wrong or whatever. They give them a chance. Now, you know, obviously, in like in our case, you know, they didn't, you know, and 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 we we they became our children. But uh, I do like the fact that they work with the, the families. Now, a lot of times, the families will think they're not working with them, but they are. They're, they're yeah. you know, they're they're. Their hope is to to yeah. uh, reunify. It is that's that's their hope with every kid. You know, that's not every kid, but most kids. Um, but you know, and a lot of times it doesn't work out, and then you know, then we're here in our situation. But uh, but I do like the the, the fact that um, they do try to work as hard as they can to to, to give to these, the these families a chance to, to, to sure. stay together. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, that's really cool, and I, and I didn't know any of that, so I'm glad Ray took us down <laughs> yeah. that road because yeah. I, I wouldn't have known. I would have stayed football. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> We can go back there, too. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. No, and we, all of us have more to our lives, but it is yeah, interesting no, because exactly. most people look at, at me or, or Steve in particular with what we've done. Oh, your sports writer is great. Let's talk football. Right. Sometimes you want to say, well, let's talk music or let's talk history. I, you know, I love history or Steve. You know, We can talk about family or whatever. So, uh, Without fail, just about every one of our podcasts – comes back to talking about fathering and, yeah. and choices yeah. about how to educate your children and yeah. things like that, because that's something that Ray and I are both passionate about right. that isn't necessarily what we do for a living. So right. I think that's pretty interesting. Well, cool. I'm glad to know that about you. Yeah. And uh, I know some people who are going through that process right now um, that actually work at 1819 News with us. I may oh, send them your way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. The more, yeah, that's the when when I love to talk to people about it. And I love to talk when we were having issues and things, we would yeah. call other, other, other foster families mm-hmm. and say, okay, what's going on? You know, this is going on. Yeah. And, and we we've you know you'll find somebody that's been through what you're going through. Yeah. I guarantee you. you know? That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that we're doing sports. A lot of people yeah. thought when you know when I agreed to be part of this, it was oh well, how soon are you going to start doing yeah. sports? When are you going to do sports? I'm like, hey, I've done sports. I know what it takes to do it right, and it's an expensive proposition, and it's a time consuming proposition. But I was so excited that, 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 that uh, the attention for 1819, as, as Brian alluded to earlier, has grown to a point where we're in a position now to be able to do this. And uh, as we looked around different ways to do it, one of the people that was always in my mind was Steve because we'd worked together. I knew he was out there. I know he knows sports. And uh, I think it's very cool that uh, to bring you back in and sort of let you uh, really run a sports department. And and. Uh, there are limitations. You're a one-guy show right now, uh, but give me give us a sense of what you see, what you what you want to accomplish here with this as you stepped into this role, and and really it's creating sports for 1819 News. Well, I think there's just so many stories and and things to tell out there, you know. And I think you know too often we get caught up, and this is going to be something that I try to avoid. Too often we get caught up with. You know, everything's Alabama, everything's Auburn, everything's college football. You know, I mean, those are kind of our biggest passions here in the state, as, as we know real well. And there's just so many other stories that are out there that that, that sometimes are being told, sometimes they're not. You know, uh, one thing that jumps right to mind to me is 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 the UAB football thing. And now, I've, obviously, I'm right in the middle of it. I've been, you know, been the, doing the radio before. and uh, But, I mean, I just don't think that that – I mean, this is one of the most unique stories in, in – in, in college in football country, history, really. you yeah. know, and, and and it's really I don't think it's been told the proper way, 
you know, and, and that's not, I mean, Hey, everybody's does what they want to do. And, um, you know, in my, in my mind, you know, there's just so much out there that hadn't been told in that. And I think that's, that's, um, that to me, that's, you can go the whole state, not just UAB football. I mean, I just think there's, this is such a athletic rich state, you know, I mean, you just, you look at major league baseball, you look at all the, you know, all the guys that, that, that come from the state, you know, you look at, uh, you know, I mean, you look at any major league sport, you look around the country. I mean, this is, this is just, there's a lot of sports here and a lot of good sports. There's a lot of good stories to be told. And not all the stories are, 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 are guys who are, are going to go and be superstars somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of little towns that have great stories and have yeah. great athletics or a lot have great athletic stories. Uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, colleges, you know, uh, you know, Eddie Robinson Jr., you know, is a former NFL player is coaching Alabama state. Well, you know, Coach Prime has got a lot of, you know, got a lot of attention for what he's done. Well, there's there's NFL guys, you know, with, uh, coaching at other schools too. Those are interesting stories. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, Sam, we've talked. Sam Shade is, is uh, you know, former Alabama and NFL defensive back, has this thriving football program at Pinson. Now he's at Miles College. You know, that's a, you know, and nobody's going over and going why, you know, and there could be a, there could be a very interesting why. It might just be he just wanted to change. But, but, you know, just things like that to me interest me. Like, you know, why, why do you make this decision? Why do you make that decision? You know, uh, tell me about this person. Tell me about that person. And, and I just think there's so much that it, it, there's so much that goes on in the state athletically. And we've, you know, we've already talked about how much athletic means, athletics mean to, these state, to this state. And I just think it's, uh, we got a blank slate right now, man. And, and, and that's cool. I mean, yeah. that, that's cool. I agree. <clears throat> and I think one of the things that's going to be fun to do is that you know Al- the University of Alabama? I mean, God bless them, um, but they they take up all the air in the room, you they know, do. because they're such a big program. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they can't be ignored. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm, we're not, no, we're not gonna, no, 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 absolutely no, not. Not, no, not at all. Not. I'm just saying it's just like because they do. There's just so much focus to yeah. them, but to continue to cover them and do other things, I mean, yeah. like no one, no one else is really doing that. Right. And I mean, and you even look at Auburn. Auburn would be the biggest football school in any other state really if they but they happen to just be the you know number yeah. two in, in, in Alabama yeah. but if that program was anywhere else it would be you know it would right. be the premier program in that state and so that's interesting you have UAB you have <clears throat> Jackson State you have Southern South Alabama I mean it's just there's a like as you said there's a lot going on in the state uh that that no one's reporting on and that no one knows about and so and that goes back to us telling the story of Alabama we want to go find those stories that you're not hearing anywhere else and, and present them to you. Um, so yeah, and I think we can present them in a in a, uh, a wider audience type of thing too. Like a lot a lot of these stories might be told by their local media, whether whatever it is, but it doesn't really get out, you know, type yeah. stuff. And I think we have a we have a a, a setup here where it can sort of it can be statewide, sort of you know, and turn more than statewide, but certainly. I think we can get to people, you know, different than some of the local outlets can, and 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 that's you know to me that's that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. One of the you know most fun things I did uh, as a columnist toward the end of the career, uh, because of the way the papers cooperated, but on Saturday mornings I would go do a high school column uh, for Saturday morning. <clears throat> a lot of times it was, but it wasn't covering a game. So I might go to a small town that was yeah. having a big game and just literally shut down for that day and get, try to give people a flavor of what that was. Or <clears throat> I know at Mountain Brook when Joey Jones was a head coach and, and uh, Chris Yeager, who's now the head coach, was his offensive coordinator. 
Chris a math teacher, smart guy, computer programmer, just to see what they were doing and tell those stories. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's sports is endless with the great stories that are there. And I think uh, Steve's got that knowledge, that network, and certainly we'll work together on a lot of this to be looking for uh, uh, yeah, Rich Rodriguez of Jacksonville State. Yeah, we didn't mention that. I mean, here's That's a guy huge. that Alabama fans ought to be thanking profusely <laughs> because he was the guy that was hired to be yeah. the head coach. The next day changed his mind. That eventually led to Nick Saban being hired yeah. at Alabama. I think Rich Rods, are, I've known him for decades. I know he's a good coach. Certainly Michigan, Arizona didn't have the success that Nick Saban's had. So in a lot of ways you go, hey, thank you, Rich Rod, for turning this job down. But there are just fascinating right. stories that right. can be told that, that are part of the fabric of the state. Um, and, and I know as we, we look at this, UAB is an area you're very familiar with. I don't know that people fully under, appreciate just how difficult – you were there covering the shutdown. Well, you were around when right, the shutdown right, was happening, right. and also the comeback. And that's uh, it's been talked about a lot, but I don't. I think there's, as you said, I think there's more to that story than what people realize. Right. Yeah, I mean that to me that was that was just such an amazing story because how how first off how how Bill Clark stayed in the first place. I mean nobody would no nobody else would nobody stay. in the right mind <laughs> yeah. would have stayed with, with offers. You know, yeah. now if if you don't have any other offers or any other chance, opportunities, then yeah, you might stay. But he had opportunity, he had plenty of opportunities. And just to stay and to build it and to find guys. Some of the players I was thinking about this on on, on the ride here is is the way they found players, it was almost like a transfer portal world before the transfer yeah. portal. You know yeah. what I mean? And and they would just went out and found these guys, and some of them found them. There was one of their starting linebacker, guy ended up being their starting linebacker, just shows up one day, just shows up. His think his Fitzmofor was his name, good player, good good guy, showed up from I think he was from Maryland, I believe. Find sees this is going on, comes down, shows up. He shows up like two days past the deadline of when he could get in school for the summer or whatever it was. Um, Instead of just turning around and going home, he goes to Jeff State and takes classes to to to, to get kind of get ahead. And then when those classes are over, then he comes back and joins the program and ends up being his you know starting linebacker yeah. for him and a good one, a really good starting linebacker. But all these stories where they found him, like there was times with 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 Bill uh, Clark early on, where I would be where I would say like, hey, where did you find you know this guy? And he'd go like. I don't really know. You know, he, he said, let, let me ask, you know, let me ask, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think Coach Schrader found him or whatever, whoever it may be. Yeah. And he'd have to go ask him, like, hey, where do we find this guy? Yeah. And they would tell stories. So that was what was fascinating about it. And for them to win, you know, so much, you know, right away and so much since, uh, you know, since then and um, the way they've done it. And, you know, especially, I mean, you know very well what it was before, you know, yeah. and, and this is a pro, this wasn't a program that was thriving. You know, and and for them to do that, and and you know, to do it, you know, we're still they get a lot more than they did. You know, I mean, obviously with those great facilities, and but they still fight for everything every day. You know, I mean, it, it it's just it's there's still a struggle to get what they need to get, um, and to do all that, um, it's just it's just been it's been crazy. You know, I mean, it's pretty crazy. There's nothing easy about it. Um, Sometimes it looks a little easy because they win. You know, anytime yeah. you win, it looks easy, but there's been nothing easy about it. And um, I just think there's a lot of stories about this that have you know that hadn't been told. One of the biggest changes in sports from when you and I both first got in it when I got out, two things, and you already mentioned. One's the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. The ease with which kids can say, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Right. 
and other schools begin to recruit them, and also the NIL, and that's a, a, a whole episode at some point we may talk about. But uh, UAB is getting ready to go to a new conference, uh, the, the, the American Athletic Conference. It'll be a little bit bigger, more competitive. It will change their recruiting. But you and I have had an interesting conversation about what the transfer portal has done for the, for the the second tier schools, and I don't mean that disrespectful, oh, but the non SEC schools, <laughs> how they've recruited looking down the road. Right, right. Well, and, and I think a lot of schools, you know, UAB football hasn't hasn't really got into the transfer portal like 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 Western Kentucky last year, for example. I think they had eighteen portal kids or something like that. They had an entirely different roster from what they had before, uh, or at least a good portion of it. And, and they did it well. I mean, they end up going to the championship game. Andy Kennedy has done that. Mm-hmm. You know, Andy Kennedy has, has gone, you know, he, he's, that's, basketball's a little different, you know, because you don't have to, as many guys, you know. But, you know, his, the way he's handled the portal has, has been as good as anybody in college basketball, really. I mean, he's – but what you, what you get into and what I think – why I think Andy does it so well is he has a personality to mesh these guys quickly. You know, because you're all, you know, we've talked about this is when they, when they show up in June for practice and, you know, like, like uh, UAB's team is totally different from last year. Now there's some guys obviously there. It's almost like they have to wear, you know, a hi, my name is sticker when they start practice because they don't know each other, but he's does such a great job of meshing these guys. um, Not quickly necessarily. And I don't think anybody can do it quickly because these are guys coming from all over that, you know, have have been a play. Okay, this is the way we do it here. You know, well, we don't do it like that here. Well, I got to get used to that. Um, so there were times last year where I really felt like I watched them play and felt like these guys don't seem to like each other. You know, because they've been around. But he did a great job of meshing them, and making sure of that. So I think the transfer portal. I like I like the fact that the kids have the opportunity because I mean it's yeah. you know because coaches do and everybody else does, um, but. I hate it that I hate it that you can go through spring practice, and you, the coach yells at you on the last day, and moves you moves you to you know third on the depth chart, even though you're probably going to be a starter. But he just wants to send a message, and then you can just go, well, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go yeah. play. I'm gonna go play somewhere else. Will take me. You know, I don't like that. I mean, I you know I don't like yeah. that. That's not that's not that's not good. So there, I think there has to be ways to tweak this thing. Uh, to to perfect it, but you know some some people have done it great. Some have not. You know, way back, we used to joke that that uh, Alabama under Bear Bryant starting lineup, the second best team in the country was yeah. their second string because yeah. they were they would recruit the best athletes, but they were yeah. stuck there. They couldn't leave to go somewhere. So part of me was like, "That's great, guy gets a chance to say, okay, I'm behind, right. uh, you know, a, a, an All American first round draft pick, but I still want to play. Right. So I ought to be able to go to Jacksonville State or to Sanford or or uh, you know a UAB." Uh, somewhere else to have that chance to show what I can do and sometimes make that other team realize they made a mistake. But at the same time, I'm with you in the fact that it almost becomes too easy right now. There's a lot in the NCAA. They've got to sort of figure out uh, the fairness pendulum has swung almost too far. Now, I do do think the one thing that it it has calmed down a lot, but, but the first year they did it, you know, there were no numbers. There was no 85 limit. You know, right. you basically you could you could just bring in everybody. Now with the 85 limit, you see some really good players that get in the portal and have nowhere to go. You yeah. know, or they end up going to, uh, you know, they end up like the 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 Memphis basketball player Monty Bates, who's a five star player, 
transfers and you know they don't have the numbers and he ends up in Eastern Michigan. Well, he's better in Eastern Michigan, but that's where he's going to be. That's where he could go. That's right. where he could go. And and a lot of times in, in football, it's the same way. Is a guy will come out. Chris Mole uh, from UAB, a tremendous player. You know, he, he he ended up at Washington, so he landed on his feet. Well, and he had, he had a few offers, but it took him a long time to find a place that that, that a lot of places visited him and you know and and uh, liked him. Yeah. But but it took him a while to get a place that had a spot, you know, and he's a tremendous player. Now he'll jump right into Washington and, and I don't know if he'll start because I don't know what their depth chart looks like, but he'll play. But he you know? can play. Sure. He'll he'll play. So so you know, I think it's it is a little different than it was the first year of it because they'll t- they take anybody then. I mean, they didn't care because they had no number I mean they had all yeah. these numbers, no number of restrictions. So I do like that it's it is back to at least the eighty five. You you you've got to play it's kinda like recruiting, you know, it's kinda mm-hmm. the same thing. You like Nick Saban would love to sign everybody. He could sign a lot of guys he doesn't sign, but it gets to a point where I don't have any numbers left, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I do think that that's helped it a little bit, but they still have some tweaking to do with that portal now. Well, and it does benefit Samford. It it, it benefits Jacksonville State. It'll pay off even maybe for Miles. I think that's made yeah. some of their – we've yeah. seen uh, Jackson State, obviously, the high profile of Deion Sanders getting a kid that's a five-star recruit, right. which would never have gone to an HBCU school – but now with the quality of the Eddie Robinson juniors, the quality of coaches that are going to those levels, uh, right. I think it's opened up for kids to go and, and consider those schools. And I, I, I think that's great. You know, Eddie George is at Tennessee State. Right. And, you know, I, I, a Hugh Jackson, you know, an NFL head coach is at Grambling. You know, I mean, I, I think that that's great. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's great. And those kids will we'll, we'll start going there, some, you know, sometimes. And, and, and that's great. I mean, that's I've always been frustrated with, with recruiting in the sense that a, a – kid and a family and maybe even a coach of a kid in high school will want to force them into an SEC school when really they could go to say a UAB and 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 just prosper you know just really just, develop, just thrive yeah. you know and 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 they'll go there because it because it's like a it's like a you know deer head on your wall or something like oh I got a kid to the SEC well that might not be where he fits you know and to me it's about getting your education and it's about being in the right athletic, you know, being able to contribute and having a good experience as a college football yeah. player, or college athlete, and too often I think you 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 just you just look for that, you know, you know, pie in the sky. Well, and you see a kid at Samford in the NFL as a quarterback. Yeah. You see a Roddy White at UAB back in the early days of Roddy White, who becomes until Julio the best receiver yeah. the Falcons have ever had, yeah. you know, and still yeah. one of the great receivers. So. There's, there are the players that are there, right. and, and they're getting a chance to show that. Uh, and uh, another aspect, I don't even know where we're at. Steve and I can talk sports all day long. <laughs> Great. But, um, get some popcorn. We both covered the Magic City Classic. Yeah, uh, Alabama it. State, Alabama, you know, which is, you know, we used to joke, call it the the, the, the leather and silk, uh, the leather and fur day yeah. because <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees, those folks dress up. That's a big deal, and it's a, it's a, it's a state fair. Right. Uh, and the Swag Basketball Tournament. And yeah. all these things are here. There are great stories there, and these are kind of things I think that we can begin to shed a little light on and share a little bit of what's going on that's beyond just just the SEC, which is the SEC, and it's right. important. But there's so many great stories. Yeah, and I, I remember yeah, this is a long time ago. I remember back right after I got out of high school, I was watching. There was a there was a I don't even remember who was playing. It was Alabama played a basketball game at the BJCC or something, and beforehand they there was a. a like an NAIA game between two teams. I, I don't even remember the teams involved, but it was a you know it was a lower, really lower level. Right. And and I remember watching that game and thinking like, 
these guys really care about this. I mean, these these little NIA players that nobody would even know who they were. And I remember thinking, like, these guys really care about what's going on. You know, yeah. I mean, and and they should. I mean, that's and but I but since then I've tried to you know like I love the spring leagues. I love I love any time anybody has an opportunity to play. You know, I love minor league baseball. I mean, I, I mean, just because you know, it, yeah, it's not where you strive to be necessarily, but but you put everything you have into it, and that's a pretty cool thing. And I, there's a lot of great stories to be told at all levels. And I tell you, one of the cool things for me, and I know you've had this happen too, is uh, I was at UAB, and this guy's doctor stops me. He said, hey, Ray, do you remember me? And, of course, yeah, oh, yeah sure. Yeah. really don't. <laughs> yeah. uh, you wrote a story about me when I was at Southern Miss, and, and man, I've still got that framed on my oh, wall. Wow. And now I'm, you know, I'm like, and now you're my surgeon. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you liked it. But, uh, again, that's the other part. And, and I love the NCAA commercial that 90% of the kids will turn pro in something other than sports. But you run into those guys, and yeah. it's uh, and they've gone on to to, to do other things, right. and it's really cool to be to see that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and 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 so that's the and that's the type of thing that you know. I mean, obviously, we're gonna. I mean, you already said we can't ignore, you know, Alabama, right. Auburn, whatever. But but I mean, there's just so much to be told that um, you know I, I'm excited. I mean, again, I I mean, I go back to I think we got a really blank slate here, you know, and where a lot of publications, I think. In the state of Alabama, a lot of times come in and go, okay, well, we have this big chunk for Alabama and, and Auburn, and try to fit the rest in. You know, uh, I mean, I think I'm approaching it, and I want blank and just tell, tell yeah. you know, you know go and eventually, there. I mean, our goal is to, to get to a point to have beat writers and really That'd do be it. Nice, but yeah. right now, we got to start somewhere, and I think this is a great way to do it. So, absolutely, uh, fired up about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the other thing that you and I have not talked about, uh, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten, uh, Oklahoma, Texas moving to the SEC. Yeah. We really are kind of moving to that super conference idea that you and I have known right. has been talked about for 20 or 30 years. What were your thoughts when you saw USC, UCLA jump into the Big Ten? Uh, I mean, a little tear at first, you know, a little tear because because it's not going to be what it was. You know, uh, I was I was uh, I was surprised and not surprised you know i knew it was coming i didn't know what it was going to look like you know but um i knew it was coming and and it's it's we're at the we're we're here you know we're mm -hmm. at the super conference and uh, and um it's going to change the way it looks i hate it for uh i love the pac-12 you know i covered it when i was out there and did, you know i think there's a the pac-12 is a passionate conference when you're in it you know from the outside it doesn't look like it as much but when you're in it it is uh, so I hate that. I hate that part of it, but it's just it's time, you know. I mean, the the way the money's taken over. I mean, I was a really smart move by USC and UCLA, just like it was a really smart move by Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I I just think because of the money, you know, yeah. because of the money, I you know, and I know as a coach, you probably look at that and go, okay, we've got to do it. But man, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go, I don't want to go fight those guys, you know. Yeah. I'm okay doing what we're doing, but. Money wise, with money's taking this taking this over, and it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see where how this whole thing works out. You know, because we're we're at tears already, but 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 they they claim we're not. But now it's like okay, here's the tears. You know, and yeah. and, and uh, you know, will there be a, a champion? You know, will there be a Super Conference champion? Will there be a next level champion? Whether that you know G five or whatever you want to call it. Uh, will the G5 and 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 one uh, uh, AA or FBS or FCS come together, you know, and have a you know champion? 
who knows? I mean, who knows? So, but but it's it's sad to me a little bit because um, I, you know I love the tradition of college football, yeah. what college football was, that. you know, yeah. and it's not what it was anymore. And that doesn't mean it's a bad product. I think it's still I still I still think it's a very compelling thing. It's just different. It is, and and you know, I, as a young man, I never would have thought the Southwest Conference would go away. Right, the Big Twelve <laughs> to just not be relevant on a national scene. Right, with the Oklahoma's, the Oklahoma State, the right. Texas's, you know, those schools that are out there right. were good, and and even the Pac-12 just could. But you had to be the ACC, the Big Ten, or the SEC. I must be honest; they're right. the no. they're the dominant conferences right. with the real power schools, right. and it, it has changed kind of the landscape of college sports. Yeah, and it has. And and again, I mean, we it, everything grows. You know, everything changes. I mean, change change is never easy. You know, none of us like change. I mean, uh, you know, we we love you know, hey, this this way works. You know, and uh, but I just think with the money, you know, with the uh, you know, especially now with the NIL. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, just, just yeah. it's it's such a money game right now uh, in college athletics in general that you you know you have to do these things. This was needed because of the way it was. That doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean you have to like it, but it was needed. You know, and and so we'll see where where it goes from there. And you know what? One thing that does excite me, and and I know that the the G five level of people are gonna uh, are not gonna agree with this, but. Um, I think it's great if they can get to a point where those teams can win a national championship in football, for example, or, or basketball. What is you the know, G five? I'm over here not having any clue what you guys are talking about. It's group of five. What, what they have yeah. now in the power five in college football, there's power five, which is uh, SEC, ACC, big 12, big 10 and pac 12, or like the group of, that's kind okay. of the, the top level. And um, our power five. That's the top 60-something schools right. that really have the resources that right. are greater than everybody else. And then okay. a gr- group of five, you go down to the other conference, you know, Conference USA, Sunbelt Conference, uh, Mountain West, um, uh, Mid-American. You know, those schools are, are still Division One, are still FBS, uh, but but they're, you know, they really don't compete. They really don't have a chance to, to win a national championship, yeah. for example. Where Which, is UAB and all that? They're in the group of five. They're yeah, in that second tier. Yeah. So well, Sanford is actually in, and that's another tier. The Sanford is in the uh, uh, football uh, FCS football championship series. So, okay. so there, you know, and that's where I wonder if 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 it comes to a point, do, does a group of five kind of get together with the with the FCS and, and create a, their own division and their own, you know, I mean, it's kind of cool to be able to say. Hey, we got a chance. You know, if we do this right, we got a chance to get in the playoffs and mm-hmm. win a national championship. You can't do that now, you know. And, and not that I, I'm a big I'm a big believer of the bowl. I love the bowls. I mean, and I see what the bowls mean to teams, like when UAB beat BYU last year. I saw what that meant to those guys. I mean, they you know they mm-hmm. that was a big huge. Deal. That was huge. But would it be better if they had a chance to win a national championship? You know. I would think it would. Yeah. You know, I would think it would. Yeah, it's great that they won that game, and yeah, it, it really it helps every bit of your program. But if you're in, if you're you know annually going to the playoffs and getting deep, you know, um, and have a chance to win national championship, well, then you know maybe that's a good thing. So we'll see. I mean, you know, there's a lot there's a lot ahead of us that that I think um, is very unanswered right now, and maybe not even asked right now. Really, I mean, right now they're trying to figure out to yeah. you know get that super conference and. Get the, the you know the, the and you know. we've talked about the NCAA just abdicated responsibility as an organization for governing some of this stuff, and that's got to be addressed by the member schools, the NCAA, to bring some kind of rule right. book 
back into place. So right, right. a lot of sports issues, and I am excited that at 1819 we're going to be able to touch on some of this stuff and and uh, tell the stories, but also follow that kind of thing and where it goes. Uh, and Steve's a great guy to do it. And I, <clears throat> as the CEO, I can't tell you how happy I am that I have people that are so entrenched in it and know it so well, um, you know, that, that's going to be heading up the department and, and you guys working together to make that happen. Um, it's you know, when we started 1819, Ray will tell you I'm a visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes visionaries, as he says, you got to still keep your feet on the ground. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for us to be starting sports within the first year of publishing, uh, to be able to get someone with the respect that you have, um, and obviously we knew Ray when we hired Ray, um, to come in and do sports, which is such a big deal in Alabama, um, you know, this is actually beyond what my vision was, right? So, so this is one where we're actually exceeding past what my original yeah. vision was, um, and it's just the way that God does things is is yeah. what I can say, and it's been that way for everything we've done at eighteen nineteen. Um, God really has has blessed us and lined things up in ways that we never could have imagined. So, yeah. well, that's great. It's going to be yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Be... yeah I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and everybody I talked to again, Steve's one of those guys. I know you. You know the. Uh, whatever my reputation, but Steve's got a reputation too. And it's uh, at the sports writers convention that I went to in June. And, and again, everybody knows Steve, everybody knows his work. Uh, UAB fans in this area, particularly still think that he was the guy that, that covered that better than anybody and knew what was going on. And uh, uh, a lot there with UAB with a transition, Bill Clark stepping out, Brian right. Vincent is a, a interim head coach. What might happen there? This will be a very interesting year Again, I think it's going to be great to have somebody with your knowledge, your institutional knowledge of UAB covering that and the success of basketball. So yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time to be covering, you know, UAB stuff right now. And, I, hey, Brian Vincent, I'm, I'm excited to see where, where he goes. You know, uh, you know, does he have a chance after this to be the head coach? I don't know. I mean, it, it all depends on, you know, these next three months or whatever it is. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see – just how different it is, you know, how, how much, uh, you know, him being an offensive guy, does he, because he's the head coach now, he can open things up a little more, you know, because Bill Clark loved to win at, with the running game and defense, you know, and, and so there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff. And, you know, Andy Kennedy is, is a great story. No, I mean, he's just fun to, he's yeah. just a fun guy to, to cover and watch and, and uh, you know, listen to. And so, there's a lot over there that's gonna be that's gonna be fun, and you know, with Casey Dunn in baseball now, you know, I that's think right. That's uh, that's another story uh, program I think is getting ready to explode over there. You know, I really do. So you know. and had been obviously with Harry the Hat Walker had kind of put UAB baseball on the map when they started it, almost like a Gene Bartow hire. Uh, Brian Shoup came over from Birmingham right. Southern. They, it's good. I think Casey's another one to even build right. on what's done. So a lot of lot of exciting stuff going on uh, all over the state. Uh, yeah. But certainly UAB is a great story that I think we'll be able to follow and 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 people appreciate uh, learn to appreciate what that athletic program right. has done, the good and the bad. So it'll be fun. And I, I've got to say this for people watching too. Okay, so um, you've been the voice, you've been the analyst for right. college football, UAB football for right. years. Uh, how how did you address separating yourself from that? Because now you've got to go from talking about it from an aspect of, okay, these are UAB right. fans wanting to hear what I have to say, to now I've got to go back to being objective and covering this in a straightforward and truthful way. Yeah, I mean, Not that I, you weren't truthful I, before. No, you know but, but I, I think the one thing I did, and that's, a, that's an interesting question, I think the, the one thing I did was what, what I've always prided myself on was 
was being a professional and, 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 and I, I believe in doing it in a professional way, you know, no matter what I'm doing and to be a professional way doing my role now, I just throw that to the side. You know, I had seven or eight years or whatever is doing it of, of, you know, looking through the UAB lens, so to speak. Uh, but, but now that now I've just changed that lens, you know, and, and it's really not, it's, it's really not, if you, to me, if you, um, if you handle it as a professional, it's really not that difficult to, to, to change, you know. Now, I will say this. It took me several years doing the, the, the uh, football to, to get into the sort of I'm for UAB sort of yeah. mentality. I mean, it took me several years. I mean, I, I you know, and I, to this day, I never, you know, I never said we never, you know, I mean, because I just, I, as a sports writer, you know, right. as a sports writer, you just don't do that. Uh, but it took me several years. But I'm just, you know, I, like I said, I just believe in, in um, I have a new role now. And, and uh, there's stuff that if it needs to be told, it's going to be told, you know. And, and that's that's the way it is, you know I mean? And, and I think that they understand that. I mean, I think that, yeah. you know. Uh, but, yeah, it because it, it, I worried about that a little bit at first. You know, I think, like, well, how do, you know, how do I do this? And um, now I got – I. I Got rid of all my UAB uh, shirts and hats that, I, that that I'd gotten over the years doing radio, and uh, had some friends that that are, are were the you know they they have more UAB stuff now, uh, but uh, you know other than that, I just think that you just go about it. Says I have a new role, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it the way I think is right. Well, and, and I know uh, when I first came in, and I covered Auburn, and then I covered Alabama, and people forget that you actually covered Auburn for a while. And in our case, you forget that you were an Alabama, the Alabama right. beat writer right. before you were UAB, and you've covered a variety of, uh, as we knew at a sports department, hey, you didn't get to pick and choose. They told you oh, what no. you were writing, you went and did it, and you did the best yeah. job you could. So yeah. it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward. Steve's officially on with us now, and football season's coming up, and I think it's yeah. going to give us a new dimension to 1819 yeah. News. I agree. I'm excited. I think that wraps it up. Um, you guys got anything else? I don't think so. I'm ready we to get can, rolling. We can tell yeah. press box stories yeah. and travel yeah, stories. Yeah, we got a lot of stories. We're going to need to do some of that. <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm, you know, he's talking about all the different stories that are here and there, and I almost want to be like, what's the story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we'll line that up for um, some subsequent um, podcasts and maybe a sports podcast. Maybe yeah. we'll tease that out now. So yeah. we'll see. I like that. We'll yeah. see where things are going. Well, um, thank you. Thanks for, for coming in. Thanks Appreciate for joining it. the team. We're excited. Um, All right, guys, until next time, put your trust in God and keep your powder dry.